You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. As it's an international break, we'd like to do something different. I'm delighted to be joined today by actor and Reds fan Asha Ali. You recognise him from Four Lines, Line of Duty, Ackley Bridge and much, much more. Asha, good afternoon. How are you doing? How are you doing, Matt? Very well. Uh, long yeah. time, uh, first time caller. <laughs> I'm glad you're a long time listener. You did call me the Reverend as soon as we logged on to this call, so you must be a proper listener to know that. I've, I've seen it all. Good, good, much appreciated. How are you finding the? Well, as we sit here right now, we're right in the middle of a relegation battle. It's very nerve wracking. How are you finding it? Yeah, this is probably the worst time for a, for a sit down with a Reds fan. Uh, you know, chat. It's it's brutal. It's a brutal league i think we've we've kind of finally realized that now you know especially after sort of hitting the giddy heights of what, what, what did we get 14th 13th where were we yeah but the points difference was good wasn't it yeah though? exactly and then you saw you know if you looked at that if you looked at the positions and then you just cast your eye onto the points you'd see what the real story was it's was, it was so trust us to get into the premier league you know for the first time in a long time there's been such a tight relegation uh, battle with so many teams involved and, and you know so many kind of established teams as well it's it's tough especially post you know the newcastle game going into that you know desert of an international break you know just the way the manner of the loss as well was was hard mm. to take it was exciting to see you know players coming in not least ryan yates you know coming back cuz i feel like we've massively missed him it was just a bit like, you know, just to, just to see that arm and to see such an honest reaction from Musa Niakate as well, because they were, you know, it's, it's relentless, isn't it? The Premier League, there's so many cameras, you know, just mm. bang straight in his face, and you could just see everything just drained away from it. Like you knew what he'd what he'd done. And yeah, it's a tricky one, but you know, just just as a, as a thing, and you know, as a kind of relegation battle and this whole Premier League thing, you know, I've been quite weirdly calm about it all. I don't know, you know, when you spend so long trying to get somewhere, you get there, you know, and you kind of experience this kind of nirvana, you know, because how long has it been, you know? Yeah, I mean, by rights, you know, we, we gate crashed this party, this Premier League party, we completely gate crashed. I don't know about you, but you know, in my days growing up in Knotts, you know, we used to get crash parties. You'd, you'd have as much fun as you could have and try and, you know, grab as much food and drink and whatever before you got turfed out. And when you got turfed out, you accepted it. You know, you shouldn't have been there maybe in the first place. Feels a little bit like that, you know, just with the kind of, just the remodeling we had to do. It was so public, you know, in terms of how many people came through the door and, how convenient it was for the Premier League to focus, you know, and for, you know, writers to kind of focus on what we were doing, never mind, you know, all the other clubs spending X amount of money, bringing in X amount of players. It was just, everything was done quite, quite publicly. So in a way, I'm kind of feeling, I mean, I can say this is not my money. I'm not Evangelos Maranakis. I'm not putting, you know, I'm not putting my money in in that way. If we go down, you know, I mean, obviously, you'd love to keep Steve Cooper. Would that happen? I, I'm not necessarily sure. But, yeah, I mean, I don't, 
don't necessarily know exactly what I'm getting at, but it's, I don't know. I feel strangely calm. I still feel like they're going to do it. You know, we've had these kind of ups and downs, you know, post-international breaks as well, you know. Hopefully, you know, the back of this one, it's an up. Yeah. Is it a heart versus head thing that we're still going to do it? Or is there, is there a logic to your belief we're still going to stay up as well? No, I think it's a mix. It always has to be, you know, because we were talking before this about stats and, you know, that kind of thing. I've never been a stats person. I can't get behind it. You know, you know, like I said, you know, stats, stats are how, you know, the Met Police and people like that get away with, you know, whatever they get away with. You know, you can't hide behind stats. Of all those teams, you know, you look at some of them and you think like, you know, what are they doing down there? What are Wolves doing down there? What are Crystal Palace slipping in there now? You know, Leeds as well. Leeds should be doing a lot better than they're doing. You know, it's, it's a tricky one. And Everton as well, obviously, you know, I know that last season they had their worries as well, but you can never write off a Sean Dyche team. You know, you mm-hmm. just think he's, he's a proponent of those kind of dark arts that would probably end up with them you know squeezing through but i guess it's 50 50 you know you have to like i've enjoyed having Forest on because i've become an armchair fan now i don't i don't get to go to games as much as i would like if at all you know so actually having a bit of forest on my telly you know paying that sky subscription has been nice you know to actually see a bit of my team on tv you know it's kind of a bit of a novelty so in terms of that, you know, access, you know, it's been great, you know, and Forest in the Premier League, you know, they've, they've really been kind of, they've exploded in a way. So I hope they stay. I hope they stay up and I hope, you know, this, because the next sort of bit of the jigsaw, you know, in terms of us, you know, coming back to the Premier League, you know, in respect to our history, the next piece of the jigsaw would be Europe. But obviously that's a long way off now, but you would hope that if we, Managed to stay up and we kind of stave off that kind of second season syndrome or whatever. We could possibly start looking upwards instead of, you know, always at the trapdoor. But I don't know. Let's see. You know, I trust Steve Cooper 100%. Uh, you know, I, anyone that was calling for his name earlier in the season, you know, I want names and numbers. I will come and see you because that was just ludicrous. You know, that, the, I know he, he doesn't like to take credit. I know it's always, you know, him and his staff and whatever, but he has to take some credit. You know, he's, he's, we live in a kind of cult of personality type, you know, age, and it definitely is in terms of managers. You know, we've always had managers that have, managers are basically, you know, for, they are the front and centre, you know, even more so now, you know, it's always like sit down and have a, you know, 20 minute chat with the manager and we get to sort of, you know, the access that you get now is, is ridiculous. But he has to take some of the credit, and I hope he stays, you know, longer than he should. What's your outlet for these Forest thoughts? And if you don't get to games very much anymore, are you a family of Forest fans, or what's no, that? No, 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 no. Um, I don't. I don't really have any mates, and I never really have had mates that have supported Forest. Not like close friends back home in Nottingham, you know, because I sort of fell in with a bit more of an artistic kind of community uh, growing up. You know, college and leaving secondary school, you know, I fell in with that kind of crowd. And, you know, they weren't really up for football. And if they were, they'd, they'd probably be Liverpool fans or Man United fans, whatever. So I've never really had like a, a full outlet 
you know, aside from going to the games, you know, I had a season ticket for a very, very long time. I've seen League One. I've seen all of that. You know, it's it was horrible. You know, I've been through that. I'm a survivor in a way. It's like you're wearing a badge. Like, you know, I'm a survivor. I was there. I did it. You know. Um, but you know, I had to give up my season ticket. Uh, you know, being an actor is a bit up and down. You know, you can have good years, bad years. You know, bad runs. And I remember having my season ticket and not being able to afford to. So I was living in London at the time as well, and you know, that was literally it was like London's like a leech for your money, you know. And it, and it was it was one of those things where I kind of had to go like I can't I can't I can't afford to keep this anymore, you know, with the train tickets and and the actual ticket, like I can't do it. Like I was absolutely gutted. I had a great seat as well. I sat with you know amazing people. I used to drag my brother, my little brother, who's since fallen out. Um, Football, he's not really bothered. He's mildly interested now that they're doing well, but before, you know, I used to have to drag him there. Um, you, you know, but yeah, I had to give it up. I had a great seat, you know, lower Brian Clough, almost on the halfway line. I mean, what I'd give for that back now, you know. But yeah, so that's really how fast about that. I've got a few, like, so I did a show uh, recently called Everyone Else Burns on Channel Four, and one of the writers uh, on on that, um, I didn't know was a Forest fan while we were filming. I got on with him, obviously, you know, he's very clever. It's a guy called Dylan Mapletoft. Um, but post, you know, this the the show and it coming out, he sort of found out that I was a Forest fan. And so that's been a nice out there. I bet, but I do, you know, he probably regrets giving me his number now because he's the guy I send all the kind of, you know, the amateur tactical analysis to and you know, <laughs> and he sends it back. But you know, it's 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 good to have that kind of out there. How did you get into it then? If you're not from a family, or maybe not a family of Forest fans, are you a family of football fans? So you just kind of stumble into it through school or something? Yeah, I mean, I've talked about this in, in other places. Um, I, in, in a weird way, like, I'm not a lifelong Forest fan in that way. Like, my Forest kind of reels that really got cemented for me was when I went to the United game, the 8-1. Yeah. Before that, I'd obviously watch Forest on TV, you know, you'd see them, you know, in the FA Cup finals or whenever they were on TV, you'd watch them. But they were always kind of a bit of a second, second team. Um, but I actually, because a lot of my family are United fans, I don't know why, they've got, we've got nothing to do with uh, Manchester in any way. Um, and they'd probably never even been to Old Trafford, but, but anyway, so they, they'd picked Man United and it was just easier to kind of follow what everyone else did. For me then, it was more about playing. It was more about getting out and, you know, putting your jumpers down and, and you know, playing outside you know, the streets were. But so yeah, I went to that game. But I went there as a United fan in a way. I got, I managed to get a ticket. And I was sat in the home end, obviously. Um, and something just switched. It just switched. Like I watched the game. I enjoyed the atmosphere, the walk down, seeing the ground for the first time. The first you know, game of club football. I'd been to see a few international things, but like it was the first game of club football. And I don't know why, I probably romanticise it more, you know, in my head, but everyone was just lovely. There was just mm -hmm. such a, you know, because they didn't know, I didn't, you know, you know, turn up wearing a Man United shirt or anything like that. You know, I just came away and, I mean, Forrest got hammered that day. They got absolutely hammered, but I came away loving them really it was kind of like i want to come back and do this actually i quite like this you know not not long uh 
after that, actually, I went into my corner shop and the guy there, he had a great nickname. It was called Spam. What well, was a brilliant nickname. But this was in uh, Baseford. Um, and I went in there with a the United shirt on. And he's a diehard Forest fan, like everything all around the shop is just, you know, he has pictures of Steve Chettle, you know, Pierce, everyone, you know, Collymore. And I went in there with the United shirt and he refused to serve me. <laughs> he was like, no, you know, you can get out with that. You can take that shit out and get out. You know, you should be supporting your home team. What are you doing? And that as well kind of stuck with me. And I was like, yeah, he's, he's right. He's right. This was like, what, when was it? 2000? 1992, whatever it was, mm. he's right. I'm doing this. This is happening. Let's go. And then obviously, like when you, you know, when you go there and you go all in, you obviously go back and you see all the history. You see, you know, all the kind of documentary. Do as much reading as you can, and then you go forward from there. So forward from there was misery, really. Twenty three years of misery. Like you know, they got relegated, and the rest of you know it was all. You know, obviously we had the season under Paul Hart, which really, really cemented like my kind of love for it. Because I was working in a call centre at the time and they were all Forest fans and we had the radio on. And that was like the first time I felt football actually having an effect on my body, you know. Because that, that game was just, it was insane. And to hear it on the radio was, you know, it was just, it was almost like a cruel joke. It was so well written, you know, as what happened that day. But yeah, just moments like that. And then obviously, you know, from there up until now and all the kind of Billy Davis era and all that kind of stuff and all the fallout from that. I don't want to talk about him too much. We all know about him. Um, you know, yeah, to, up to now. So yeah, long kind of weird winding road. But also my family as well. Um, we used to have a, like a chauffeur business uh, in the mid 90s. And we used to drive like Teddy Sheringham and Des Walker and, and guys like that, you know, around uh, Nottingham, and they'd they'd obviously like, uh, you know, our loft would be full of like posters, signed posters and shirts, you know, that that they'd given. So it was always Forest was always there, you know, but it, I guess meant quite literally it was in the loft. It wasn't quite, you know, there, but they were always there. And, you know, now that sort of you know past is the past. So one of the things I wanted to ask you was. Is it better being in a crowd at a game and being part of that collective, or is it better being on a stage and having the eyes on you in a theatre? No, this is this is why it's kind of hurt a lot to not be at the city ground and experience this Premier League thing. Like, so to answer your question, be in a crowd. I would, I would much rather be. Uh, not in the Trent end because I don't like the view. I've never liked the view of the Trent. I don't like the view of the A block either. I like being kind of side on in the middle. Mm-hmm. So where I used to sit, I'd much rather be sat there watching Forest, especially now. Um, but I mean, it's just mad getting to. I mean, I've contacted the club. You know, I'm, I'm obviously like a friend of Forest or whatever that means. Um, and they sorted me out for the playoffs, um, which was great. You know, I got got to see that. I sat behind uh, Colin Barrett, and that that was amazing. That was, you know, I cried. You know, it, it was such a emotional day. So they sorted me out for that. But you know, I have, I have asked them. You know, could, could you could you squeeze me into the city ground? And they've not, you know, not, 
massively been helpful. When I did give up my season ticket, uh, once I did obviously like, you know, have a good good year and was a bit more successful, I had enough money to, to buy a, a director's box seat, which I did, and it was awful. I really did not like it, you know, the, the atmosphere, the everything about it I didn't enjoy, especially when you've spent years sat, in, you know, uh, you know, out in the stands. It, you know, I really had to sit on my hands. I couldn't swear. I couldn't stand up. I couldn't sing. You know what I mean? It was very formal, obviously, as it should be. Mm. I didn't enjoy it, and I didn't. I certainly was, you know, not going to renew my ticket. Uh, you know, an extortionate amount anyway. But I just felt like I had to do it. I felt like I wanted to do it. You know, because you sort of feel like you want to get there. Um, but yeah, that that wasn't fun. But no, like you know, if anyone's got a ticket in the lower Brian Clough and they want, I'll pay you twenty grand for it right now. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to give it up? I'll, I'll, I'll happily take it. My key season ticket is in the lower Brian Clough, so um, I'll. Well, okay, I'm going to have to do a deal with Mikey here. Um, <laughs> get you sorted. I mean, are you worried that you're not going to get there at all this season, and potentially if we do go down, just miss yeah. it all? I, I mean, I, I, yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't know. It's 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 tricky. Um, I know secretly my wife is trying because my birthday's coming up soon, and I know she's trying uh, somehow. Uh, someone at Emmerdale, because she's in Emmerdale, so someone at Emmerdale knows someone's brother at Emmerdale used to play football in Scotland, so they know someone who I'm assuming is probably Scott McKenna. And I think I'm not supposed to know any of this, by the way. <laughs> Come, come buy this information. So I think she's trying to organise something uh, for my birthday. Um, but I really want to take my daughter. She's five. Uh, and yeah. she's really, you know, because obviously I'm watching a lot of this uh, from home. And she's really, really getting into it. Um, it's a bit of a hooligan, actually. Um, <laughs> she knows all, like, the, she knows all the, the chants and the songs about Stevie Cooper and stuff. And whenever she sees them on TV, she's like, oh, there's Stevie Cooper. <laughs> I just love stuff like that but it's, it's funny as well because I don't live in Nottingham anymore um, I moved up to York now I don't know anyone here you know we moved purely for the school it's a really good school here and, and I'm glad my daughter's in but yeah I don't really know anyone up here um, but also that's kind of impacted football as well playing football I don't play football as much I did actually contemplate joining this group it's someone set up a group for you know other kind of like dislodged members you know and kind of loners and people on the periphery of society who want to play football i think it was called like dads v dads or something like that and someone set up a group so i'm half sort of thinking i might text one of those and just randomly turn up and play a bit of football because i really miss that i used to play in uh, on the forest wreck mm. uh, you know in the little 3g forest zone they've got I think, it's a, I think it's associated with the club. Um, but I used to play there with a lot of the lads who worked at John Lewis uh, for years. We used to play there every, every Sunday, and that was great. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do miss it. I, but, yeah, I mean, let's see. I, I really, the, uh, you know, Molokantai, it, it carries through the TV. Mm. It really does. The way, the, the way it's been belted out recently, you know, I'd love to be a part of that again. Um, but, but let's see, let's see. I mean, first of all, I just want them to stay in the league because if we go down, who knows what will happen? You know, you only have to look at what's going on in the championship now. 
I mean, I didn't want to look at it. It's weird. It's almost looking at, you know, it's almost morbid looking at the championship now. But I did it. And I saw, you know, Huddersfield, where they are now, what's going on with them. It's dangerous, you know, it really is, especially when you go up and you've made such a commitment to, you know, investing, investment. To come back down is, doesn't really bear thinking about. Mm. I mean, it, when you're, you said your daughter, I think you said. Yeah. Um, does she does she watch all the games and because my kids all watch ten minutes and they then yeah. they'll disappear. Yeah, she'll watch, you know, and she'll hear me sort of because I still, you know, it's reflex, you know, when they score, you, you know, yeah, that yeah, yeah, weird squelch and that weird squeaking sound that you make. <laughs> uh, it's always much more high pitched than you intend it, but when you're in a crowd, it gets lost, so it's fine. But when you're at home, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. It sounds like you've just run over a badger or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's, it's just an unnatural sound, but she'll hear that, she'll come in and she'll see the replay. And she really likes uh, Brennan Johnson and Morgan Gibbs White. She always sings you know, Morgan Gibbs White songs and stuff. But yeah, she's getting into it, more so after the Euros, because, uh, you know, when England, when the England women won the Euros, mm. you know, she asked for a goal. And we had a, a goal out in the back in the garden and we got a ball. I think it lasted about a week and she gave up. <laughs> But no, she's football's definitely much more on her radar. What does my wife make of you watching games like that? Because my wife thinks I'm mad, like cheering and getting yeah. into games. She thinks you, no. you know, you're a forty year old man. What are you doing? Yeah, no, my my wife, she absolutely hates football. She hates all sports, anything to do with sports. She doesn't understand. She, mm. she really, I mean, the only kind of thing she can stomach is athletics because she used to do it as a kid. So she, you know, when the athletics are on, she'll watch that maybe. Otherwise, no, like her, this is like the ultimate, if she can get tickets for the Wolves game, it'll be, it's like the ultimate sacrifice for her. You know, she will be able to dine out on that for a long time, you know, because she really would not want to be there. She, I remember when I did take her to a game, uh, she asked me what time it kicked off and I was like, oh no, it's, it's three o'clock. No. She's like, oh great, yeah, well, so we'll get there around then. I was like, no, 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 we'll, we'll get in there like one. <laughs> you want to be there early, you know, you want to get in there early, you want to be around it, you want to see the look on her face. Like, why would you turn up two hours early? Because <laughs> you want to be there, you want to experience it, you want to get a drink, you know what I mean? You want to, you just want to rock up, you know, when all the parking's gone and you're trying to get in through the crowds. Mm. Was that a match day for you when you had a season ticket then? We, so sometimes people are like arriving in the ground at 2.59 when the ref's clearing his throat to blow the whistle. You were in early, were you? No, I was in early. I think I took her when I had seats when it was a bit more sort of posh dining and stuff. And you'd get like, I don't know, Guy uh, Moosey running around saying hello to everyone and, and you know, frantically trying to get around to see everyone, that kind of thing. You know? mm. But again, that's, that's not for me, that stuff. It really isn't, you know, no. Nah. One of the things I read about you was that you wrote a script based, I don't know how tightly on Forrest and Fawaz al-Hazari called Fit and Proper Persons. Is that right? Yeah, I'm probably not. Probably not. Am I allowed to say that? I don't know. Um, yeah, I did, but then Ted Lasso happened. So. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fair enough. I thought it was good. It's funny. You know, it had some interest. But yeah, no. He, I mean, it didn't take a lot. It, did, it wasn't a massive leap of imagination. It was, it was basically... Mm -hmm you know, transplanting all the stories I'd heard about him and sort of you know, flipping them a little bit and putting them into a script. I remember telling like one exec actually, you know, 
because they were like, oh, where, you know, where did this come from? And I told him about, you know, obviously it being possibly based on someone. And he couldn't believe it. He, he just genuinely could not believe that some of this stuff was basically real. <laughs> but it was, and it, it was tragic. And, you know, and thankfully it's in the past. Did you ever think the club was cursed when all that? I, mean, I know Greg has said the club was cursed until Wembley with all the Fawaz stuff and all the missteps and everything. Did, were you one of the people that bought into that theory that it was just never going to happen promotion? Yeah, I mean, as soon as they got rid of Sean O'Driscoll, you knew these people had no idea. I think everybody knew that they had, didn't have a clue, you know. It, I mean, it wasn't even just that. It was the next manager who came along. You just had, you just, you just knew they had absolutely no idea. And then you find out it's because you know they'd had a chat with Alex Ferguson, and Alex Ferguson had recommended. Of course, he's going to recommend Alex McLeish. Mm. You know, you just, you just knew it. You know, you can see it. Yeah. I mean, at least when Maranakis came in. Well, obviously, like maybe I'm mixing this up, but Warburton was sort of was he end of Fawaz or I can't remember. He he was their appointment. I think. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, and then uh, Karanka. You know, it felt like there were the only the only misstep I think, and it pains me to say this, but the only misstep feels like it might have been on O'Neill. Mm. But you know, other than that, like. Sabri, you know, that was a bit left field. Chris Hewton as well has to be in that kind of didn't quite work, didn't quite fit with the club at the time. Um, but you can see there's, there's, you know, the guys that are in now have, have a little bit more about them, even just in the, in the kind of sense of making appointments, you know, to departments that hitherto were just ghost departments, you know, just floating with with no direction and no head or whatever. So yeah, that Fawaz era, era is just you know, it's, it was a joke. It really was. Um, it's funny when you're not in it. It's funny when it's not got anything to do with you. It's you know, it hurts and you, you know, really, really, it's a dagger when it when you're in it. But I guess the the best thing about that and the legacy of that whole era was, especially towards the end, you know, when we were all getting together and we were all protesting. It's bad that it took something like that to, to bring us all together. But I feel like since then, we haven't really looked back. You know, from, from those kind of, from that shit period, it feels like a lot of good came out of it. Surely that was around the time that Forza came around and, you know, all that kind of stuff came and then supports trust, which I was a part of at the beginning. Um, those things wouldn't have happened necessarily if we'd have had someone who was a bit sort of at least mediocre. Mm -hmm. Someone who was absolutely terrible. Just had no clue how to run a football club and shouldn't have been let anywhere near a football club. But, but yeah, good things came out, even though it was, it was awful. Good things have come out. You mentioned earlier about a cult of personality, and great managers probably have that. Is that one of the reasons you love Cooper then? Because he's tied all the the good strings together into something special, I guess. Yeah, and he's just he's he just speaks well. You know, he speaks 
positively. You know, we've we've had a lot of managers who come in and they, you know, they're quick to kind of temper expectations. You know, and he wasn't like that. When he came in, it was like he he was just so positive and so it was almost like he was a man who'd come into this amazing football club and sort of gone like, what the hell's going on here? Like, what, this is a this is an amazing club. Do you not? realize what we've got here like why is everyone sat around with long faces let's let's get on with it let's do something he'll, he'll never take the credit i mean hopefully you know i'd love to meet him one day because i think i'd just shake his hand and not say anything i'd probably be completely starstruck i think the, the best barometer of it is is that my wife said sort of in the middle of last year when we were really sort of pushing you know in the championship my wife usually hears me slate managers like she'll hear me listening to the you know bbc radio nottingham post-match stuff and you know she's heard me sh scream at the phone when chris hewton's been speaking or you know what i mean like those kind of kind of things where it's like you know what, what are you talking about you know like literally listening to a, a manager and make another excuse so she's always kind of said, you know, always kind of, I've always kind of weirdly said to her, you know, and just sort of offered it up because, again, I don't have that outlet, you know, saying, oh, no, I don't like this manager. He's running us into the ground, blah, blah, blah. His tactics are so negative. He's this, he's that. And I remember sort of in the middle of last season, she was like, I was listening to one of his post-match chats and I probably was, you know, fist pumping or something, you know. And she was like, oh, you actually like this manager then? Is he, is he a good manager this one? Absolutely. I just went on for like five minutes talking about how much I love him and what he does and what he's about and how he carries himself and his messages and how positive he is. So yes, I do like this manager and I hope he, I hope he stays for a, a long time. But if we go down, I'm not, not entirely sure that that would be the case because, you know, he, I think a lot of people are seeing just how good he is. Yeah, and I think there's also the risk that he probably gets sacked before we go down. If that's the kind of yeah, that we have, probably. That would be awful. Like, I feel like you've missed that window. It's not my club, obviously. I don't make these decisions. They might think it's you know, uh, down the line, they might think it's the right thing to do. But I feel like you've missed those windows. If you were going to do it, you know, it's stupid as well. I would have thought it was stupid whenever they whenever they did it. But surely you've got to give him. Just he's he's a massive reason why we're here in the first place. Yes, obviously the money and you know they they put you know they keep the lights on. But if it wasn't for someone with such a just the sheer force of his own kind of positivity to just drag everyone up, you know, there's got to be something. There's got to be something like there's no sentiment in football. There's no, there's no point in pretending there is, but I will for a second. You know, hopefully they've. Just like they did with the Leicester, post the Leicester game. Mm. That, that felt like I was genuinely, that was one of the first times in a long time that I was refreshing my feed trying to see, you know, if they were going to make a stupid decision and see the dreaded corner flag or whatever. I was glad they didn't. What, what did come out of that completely surprised me. And mm. as it did all of us, as it did the whole of, you know, the whole of England, really. You know, it's like, what? You're giving a manager you know, a new contract and he's down there and it's you know it's not looking great but just look at post that you know he's, he's just shown that he's 
adaptable, he's intelligent, you know, he's not sort of someone who's slavish, you know, he's not one of those kind of Bielsa's who's, you know, it's this way or it's no way. You know, he's shown that he's just got a bit more about him than that. You know, it's, it's not about them. I mean, obviously, the way we came up through the championship was never going to be sustainable in the Premier League. You know, we, we don't really, have, we'd never really had the personnel for it. And now that we have got the person, the, the reason why it feels like now we have got the personnel for it is because they've all come to some understanding now, all these strangers. But it was never going to work. So I felt like he was always going to have to adapt it. And obviously he's seen that he has. And I'm quite comfortable with the way we play football at the moment. I know there's still, you know, you still read things that people are sort of a bit, oh, it's a bit negative. It's a bit, what, what do you want? You know, we're not we're not about to it's, it's that championship season is never going to happen again and if it does happen again it'll be because we're in the championship again do you want to be in the championship again i don't mm. I, I don't want preston away again i don't i don't want that i don't want struggling to sort of you know, see them on tv no i, I don't want i don't want that no i want i want to i want to stay in the premier league and i, and I love it i would so at the risk of sounding like Keegan, I would love it if it was Steve Cooper. Yeah, I agree. And I, I know Palace have sacked their manager and they've got Hodgson in, but it feels like a strange time to do it. It feels like a real roll of the dice. For me, Like it'd yeah. be a bigger gamble to get rid of Cooper and then what happens? Who do you get in? Will they stay? Will they rebuild if it goes wrong? It... I mean, whoever you're going to get in is obviously some kind of soldier of fortune. Mm. in terms of it will be someone with because there's no way they're going to go you know, oh we'd we'd get rid of steve cooper and we'd look for someone of his ilk possibly from abroad or whatever so you wouldn't go to the bundesliga and, and raid one of their highly regarded coaches would you why you would do some you just wouldn't you're obviously you're going to be looking at a very particular market you're going to be looking at someone at some looking for someone who has experienced firefighting basically you know, you're basically looking for a Tony Pulis type or a Sam Allardyce type, really, aren't you? Not those particular names, obviously, but you're looking for that type of manager, someone who can come in and have a very rudimentary way of doing things, back to basics, you know, someone who's a bit of a sort of ass kicker or something. I don't know, you know, I just, but that's not sustainable either. That's not long-term, that's not, that's, yeah, if you can stay up, but you're still going to have the same problem next year. Mm. I mean, you have to look at like Norwich, you know, when they're under Farker, Daniel Farker, you know, when they had him, they were a bit up and down, obviously, but they, they stuck with him. And I don't know if that was partly because no one else wanted to come in and take Daniel Farker or whatever, or whether he just felt like, no, I actually want to stay here. This, this you know, and, and, the, and the, I have people who I work for who believe in me and they want me to stay as well. But obviously Steve Cooper's a little bit different, you know, I think he's showing everyone that he's quite astute. Um, and, uh, and it wouldn't surprise me if there are a few clubs who tried to come in and, and pinch him. But, but yeah, if we did go down, would he stay? I don't know. Mm. It's one of the things that made last season more special as well from you know a scriptwriter's point of view. They weren't favourites to win the league and it wasn't easy and they came in the depths of despair. Did that make it all the more special on top of the 23 years of hell to, to do it at Wembley like that? I think so. I mean, you know, we're forest. We don't do things in an easy way, ever. You know, we, we always find 
the most extreme way of doing something, and we we do it. You know, we do it the forest way. You know, so to see them where they where they start where they started off was just. I mean, because I, I don't like looking back generally in life, um, but. And especially so when it comes to football, you know, especially so when it comes to Forest, you know, there's a, there is a period you can look back to and really enjoy, you know, obviously the Brian Clough period and, and Frank Clark period, you can look back at and enjoy. But post that, you know, it's best to just expunge all of that from your memory. So you don't want to look back. Um, but I, before I came on out here, uh, I looked at some of Forza's Garibaldi stuff that they put out on YouTube. Alex Bowser, is it? Yeah, I know Alex. Yeah, this was yeah. great. You know, that video he did. You know, the, the sort of the one post the Wembley win was just so emotional, and it really did sum it up. But I also don't like to look back on that particular time last year. It was um, not great for me mentally. My mental health suffered a little bit. You know. I was in a sort of bad run of, you know, professionally, it was going a bit wrong or whatever. So that's another reason why I don't like to look back at that particular time towards the end of the season, you know, because it reminds me a bit of that. But post Wembley, that was such a lift for me. Like it really did, because I was there as well. And I, I, I don't know what it is. You know, obviously you bring your own stuff to football. When you turn mm. up the ground, you bring your own stuff. Either it's positive or it's negative. Either you've been pissed off all week, you know, because you've been stacking shells or whatever, and you just want to fuck. You just want to take it out. Or you turn up and you're just looking for something just to give you a bit of a lift. That's just naturally what you do. And that that day was so cathartic for me, personally. Like it was such a such a kind of boost to see them do so well and to stay there and soak up the whole, whole the atmosphere and to see, you know, Forza's work at the beginning, you know, with the, with the TIFO and the display and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it, it was nice. It was really nice. And it was, I'm glad that, you know, I looked back at it just before we, we spoke because it really did remind me of how much of a miracle it, it bloody was. Mm. We're obviously a club that, that deals exclusively in miracles, and then this feels like is definitely up there. So to go from bottom of the league to shaking Prince Charles's hand just before, you know, the playoff final, it was with that insanely oversized cup that they had. Yeah, <laughs> that display was ridiculous. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was it was lovely. It was just magical just to see. You know, to go from the bottom to the very, very top is, you know, it's, it's kind of script writing 101, isn't it? You know, it's mm. come good. Does a defeat kill your mood then for the weekend? Like that Newcastle one, that was a, that was a real hammer blow last week. Has that ruined yeah. you for a few days? No, not so much anymore. It does for like the night. It will mm. really piss me off at the night. It will really get me. Because, you know, you think about the what could have been and, you know, the, if Musa had have put his hand up or, you know, what would have happened. But less so now. I don't know. I don't, back in the day, it used to really, really affect me. Like, it mm. used to really get me. Really bad. 
I don't know. I don't know if it's just age or you know having a daughter. Yeah, so is it a product of marriage and kids and having yeah. bills to pay and all that stuff? I think it must be, you know, because you have to put this stuff into perspective. Like it would really hurt if Forrest got relegated, because mm. it, you know, as it, as it does with all fans, you know, any fan of any club, you put some of yourself onto your club. You want your club to do well because you feel like it reflects well on you. You know, when you when you're out talking about football, you can talk about your Premier League club. Yeah, so there is that obviously that kind of relationship that you have with your club that you want them to do well. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know because at the end of the day, you know, you do as much as you feel your passion for for your club and. You know, especially no more so than when you're in the ground and you're there. Maybe it's that. Maybe it's the remove that I have now. Now that I've sort of settled into this disgruntled, not disgruntled, but I, I don't, I, I've never envisaged myself being an armchair fan. Mm. I really thought that was like the worst fate for anyone. You know, when I used to turn up at the ground, I used to think, oh, gosh, you know, can you be watching this from home? Like, come on, you want to be here, don't you? Like, feel this and you want to leave early or the people that left early, you know, that kind of stuff. I was definitely one of those people. But now, like, I see those people and I see them leaving early on the TV and I go, oh, it's because they want to, you know, beat the traffic and they want to go. That's fine. You can do that. That's fine. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, I've never sort of envisaged being a, an armchair fan. So maybe it is that remove of, you know, seeing them through glass and you kind of, it, it stings less because it doesn't travel through as, as, much i don't know i don't know but yeah the highs stick with you more now like mm. that, that post wembley high was a bounce in the kind of step for a long long time mm. Mm. you know and it was very much tied to you know it was almost pavlovian post you know because you you sort of feel like every time you heard freed from desire or don't stop me now you know by queen you'd it would just transport you back. You know, you just couldn't help but bounce around and like an idiot, you know, like you were on the day, crying and hugging random strangers. But yeah, it's football. Uh, a couple of work questions, indulge me. Um, would you want to do like a football or a sports project then? I know you you try to get one out there. Is that something that you feel you, you want to do in the next few years because of the drama that sport can convey? Yeah, I, I would, but it's difficult. I, mean, I haven't watched Ted Lasso. I don't really know anything about it. Um, it doesn't seem like it's my cup of tea um, just from seeing you know, trailers and stuff like that. But it's fine. It has a place. And I think it's good that something like that is out there. But I think the trend towards more the kind of uh, Sunderland Till I Die and the All or Nothing documentaries mm. I think they convey sport and its kind of intricacies and it's kind of just sheer bonkers nature. I think they do a better job of that than fiction and film. And yeah, I mean, there's nothing like the real thing. Mm. No way of replicating what happens on a football field or all the emotions that are attached, you know, to get to that place. I mean, the football is, is almost a byproduct in, in a person's relationship with with sport you know the actual sport is sort of weirdly secondary 
it's all the stuff that you've built around it. It's all the stories you've told yourself. It's all the friends. It's all the things that you've experienced. It's all the, the nuances. It's the, you know, it's the chance. It's this. It's knowing the words for the chance. You know, all that kind of stuff. And you, how can you replicate that in, in, in TV or film? I just, I'm, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it done well. And I think there's a reason why there's not so much of it about because you just can't like Sunderland till I die was oh my god I was heartbroken watching mm. for some mm. of the time. you feel you know like a little piece of you sort of you know goes out to Sunderland fans you know and then then you'll watch another one and another little piece of you goes out to that particular team because you really see it and you see yourself in it and it's yeah. kind of shared experience yeah well it's Yeovil in the playoffs and Blackpool in the playoffs and yeah. all that exactly that's you know how how do you put that into a film no one wants it you know it doesn't have a happy ending what, what's the point of that you know it's like of course that's football never has a happy ending when it does it's to be it's to be savored yeah i mean just just the, especially when it comes to forest i think just the lack of happy endings might scare some producers away true i saw this is a really off on a real tangent so there seems to be a weird trend in films at the moment for making movies about things like the history of the edge of Air Jordans. There's a film coming out with Michael Keaton about uh, yeah. making McDonald's global and stuff. And there's a few of those. I find it really weird. Like, why are you telling those stories? Yeah, I made a joke to someone because um, they asked me about uh, The Last of Us, the show. Mm -hmm. And I played the game back in the day and I really enjoyed it. And, and the, the show doesn't compare to the game. The, the emotional kind of punch that you get from actually experiencing it you know didn't compare someone was asking me about it and they were like you know, I, I can't remember what they, what they said but i made a joke of uh, oh you know next they'll do tetris and they have done there's a show about tetris yeah I know that i had no idea absolutely no idea and the guy was like oh yeah, yeah that's taron Tar edgerton isn't it? yeah yeah so what are you talking about i don't know they're running out of ideas maybe yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, last work question I can ask you. Now, I've started doing little film recommendations on here, weirdly, because I did one that people liked. Um, I love Four Lions because it's it's funny and it's clever and it's cool. emotional. Yeah. I mean, when you're making that film uh, and you see, or even when you see the script, do you know, like, oh, this is solid gold. This is going to be great straight away. I mean, it was such a long time ago. It was one of my first jobs that mm. it really was. It does feel like, like an age ago. With that, the the gold the gold mark was Chris Morris. Yeah. Well, if anyone knows about Chris Morris, you know what you're going to get. So that that was always the gold mark, not necessarily the script or your part in it or whatever. It was just Chris. That's it. Genius. Yeah. Well, that's my recommendation. If anyone wants to dig out a film this week, dig out Four Lions. I think that's great. Um, before we go. Give us some hope that Forest are going to stay up. What makes you be convinced that they've got it about them? It's the fans. It's a really, really. I've really enjoyed watching and hearing the city grounds together because all I've ever experienced is is the complete opposite of that. Like you know, watching a lot of Championship game, watching a lot of the League One and stuff. You know, obviously that was a long time ago. But it was never, we were never united. It was never one voice. It was always one voice at Mullincontyre, and it was, you know, the odd chant would, would tr travel around. You know, usually it would just die 
you know, in the trend end, it would never make it to the grind cloth and beyond. Whereas now it just, everyone is together. You know, when you, when you see them, I say them, I mean, it breaks my heart that it's not me there. But you see, when the, when the scarves come out and everyone's, you know, singing Forest and Magic and, you know, it's just going on and on and on and it doesn't stop. That's what gives me hope. You know, that and Steve Cooper. We can, especially at home, because we know all about our home form. We know all about our away form. We don't need to talk about our away form. And it's not going to change anytime soon. It's, you know, I don't know what it is, but it seems like it's, they're consistently inconsistent. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like that's not gonna, that's not gonna, that's not gonna change. So focus on the home form. And that's that's why, you know, just seeing that kind of seeing the atmospheres that have been generated, hearing commentators who can't speak because it's so loud, that kind of stuff has given me real heart. If we can continue in that kind of vein, there's always it always adds an extra something. You know, that Man City game, there's no way that's, for me, it doesn't feel romantic in me, says there's no way that, that that happens unless everyone stays behind and it's all positive. You know, and the, the energy coming from the, from the stands, it's a real thing. You know, that amount of positive energy, it's just, it's, it's science, positive energy. It kind of, you know, if you put it out there, it's, it's there. You know, and, and a lot of the times, and, I've been at the city ground in the past. It was always the complete opposite. Mm. It, was just, it was so quick to get on people's backs. We were, you know, it was quiet. Yeah, it just just wasn't great. Yeah. So the fans, I think the fans. I mean, I know obviously people say, "Well, but the fans, they don't kick a ball." Uh, you know, shut up. You know, this allow me to be romantic for a second. You know, because I think we've got enough on the pitch as well. I think you know. To, well, hopefully, touch woods. Brennan's Brennan's all right, um, and and Yates, he gets back up to speed, uh, and Morgan Gibbs White kind of adapts again. Um, he's a he's a funny one, isn't he? Like he always, I think he's in a. I think post coming out of the international break, I think he will figure out another way to be influential. I feel like that throughout this season, he's found ways to kind of adapt his game a little bit and try and find different areas of the pitch to kind of make a difference. I think he'll, he'll be another one who'll be really important towards the back end. And hopefully we can get Taiwo back, who's, you know, really shown what he's worth to us now. Um, another miss, you know, a big miss for me is Henderson. Like, don't get me wrong, like, if you gave me a choice between Navas and Henderson, or if you gave anyone a choice between Navas and Henderson, not that I don't know where this choice has come from, who suddenly decided it, um, but I, I just preferred us with Henderson. I, th I thought we looked a bit, I think, I think we looked solid with Henderson. There was something about him, he just filled the goal a bit more. I don't know. Yeah. He's a showman, isn't he? I think, if that makes yeah. sense or not, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I've seen a lot of mainly because the, the displays recently haven't been great, but I've seen a lot of remonstrating from Navas, a lot of, you know, he's quick to give, you know, I don't know. I just prefer us with Henderson. But anyway, this this goes to a larger thing of, you know, the whole injury crisis that we've had. I, I just, 
you know, you want to talk about Greg saying we were cursed. Yeah. Come on, I mean, what is going on with this injury list? It's it's when it's insane. And to see, especially the the most forest thing that has happened this season has probably been the double injury in that Fulham game. That was peak forest. That was like we don't have many centre halves. Let's just get two of them injured in one game at roughly the same time with roughly the same injuries. Let's do that. Let's tick that box of history. Why not? Yeah, and a keeper being out for three months, taking a goal kick, blowing up his yeah, goal. I, I had my own theory about that actually. Do you know when he saved that penalty in the shootout? Mm. It's Wolves, wasn't it? Mm. He ran off towards the lower Brian Clough. And slid, yeah. Slid, didn't he? But the, mm. the impacts, I don't know. That's just me being detective. You know, and obviously having way too much time to, to watch Henderson's celebrations post the game. But I don't know. I felt like there was something in that. And then the next game, he pulls up a cold kick. I don't know. Maybe you have to be mm. careful. With your celebrations, to keep it simple. <laughs> yeah. Just do the Alan Shearer. Never, never go wrong. Never get injured. I think they miss Kiate as well. He's the other one in, in midfield. Yeah, a bit of energy. He does. I think. I think that's a big thing. This is why it's. You know, I hope. We, hopefully, we get Ryan Yates back up to speed because he has been so important. You know, and, and it's such a. He's a great story as well in terms of all the abuse he's had to suffer and all the kind of, you know, fans constantly sort of, or small section of fans, you know, saying he was never good enough. Yet all these managers thought he was amazing. And to see him pay off now, you know, it's, he, he is, he is Premier League quality. I think so. And it's not just about ability. It's about mentality and all those other things. And also the dark arts. He's a great exponent of the dark arts because he does it with a smile on his face. Mm. You know, someone, someone kicking you in the back of your shin and smiling and sort of, you know, sort of, you're right, you're right, mate. There's something in that. I don't know why you just seem to get away with it a bit more. And I think we need that. We need a bit of, you know, a bit of grunt and a bit of, a little bit of dirt in the middle. Why not? Yeah, him, Felipe, Kiate. We need to be a bit nastier. I think we can yeah, exactly. do that, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Right. Uh, hopefully people enjoyed that. And as, as ever, if you did, do like and subscribe. Very much appreciated if you spread the word. Uh, coming up, I went to um, Sporting Memories uh, charity in Beeston with John McGovern yeah, yesterday, as I record this, to talk with people who suffer from dementia and their carers. So shine a positive light on the work they do uh, early next week or later this week when this comes out. I should have planned this better. And then we'll be back with a Wolves preview if our nerves can take it. So, uh, yeah, do uh, join us again soon. Asha, thank you very much. Hope that was good for you. Cheers, Matt. Enjoyed it. Good, good. Uh, have a good week, everyone, and we'll catch you later. <laughs>